In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. The gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Good News for the City, the broadcast radio partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC. My name is Brian Bales, and I have the privilege to be the host of this show. And being the host of this show, one of the things that I do often is remind you of our tagline, because it's not just a tagline, it's the truth. And here it is. It's the gospel that makes a way. And that's something that we should be talking about in all parts of our life, whether we're right here on the radio, whether we're later on at a podcast, whether or not you see me on the weekends at Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia, where I'm the lead pastor, or whether you just met one of us out in the grocery store in our neighborhood. It is the gospel that makes a way. But many times in the middle of that moment, there's a struggle in communicating in the way that God wants us to communicate about who we are as believers. And we're going to talk about that today, maybe in a little different way than you thought about it. You see, shortly before Jesus' death, Jesus had what was called as his high priestly prayer. And as he was up in the upper room, he prayed this, Holy Father, protect them, his followers, by your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. This is verse 11 of John chapter 17. And what it underscores is, is two particular points. First, that Jesus' great love, God's great love for the church and the people of God. And his second, though, is that he desires that we live in unity. In fact, in verse 23, later on, he elaborates asking for more by praying that they might be brought to complete unity. And then he elaborates on the why, not just the what, but the why, so that the world will know, Jesus said, that you, Father God, sent me, Jesus, and that you, God, have loved them even as you have loved me. It is amazing testimony, this idea of unity. It is the witness for Jesus' deity and his love. However, it's not always easy to live out. And so today on our show, our guests are going to tell the story of God's supernatural work in building unity in Christ that gives God glory, shows the love of God, and projects the true good news of the gospel to the people of Frederick, Maryland. And in fact, what is so great about today is that this show actually is airing on the fifth anniversary of the radio partnership between One Heart DC and WAVA. And so I just have to believe it's fitting today that our guests are going to be speaking about yet another work of God that strongly resembles the partnership and the working that One Heart DC has been doing with over 800 partners right here in the Washington metro area that are advancing the gospel together. So welcome today to the 200th show. I'm excited to have you both. Uh, we've got Gabriel Knowlton and Jonathan Schweitzer, not Switzer, because we've already understood off podcasts and off radio that Barry Switzer did not pronounce it correctly, but that's for another time. So, uh, Gabriel, Jonathan, thanks for being here. Can I just quickly tell people why you're here? First, Gabriel, you're the executive director of Move Towards Unity and current vice president of the Evangelical Ministerial Fellowship of Frederick, Maryland. You've got over 30 years. You and your wife have served the body of Christ all over the area, coast to coast, leading in numerous sort of interdominational contexts. You moved to Maryland 
about 19 years ago now, and you've continued to build connections throughout the region to see the unity of John 17 come to reality. Jonathan, um, again, not Switzer, Schweitzer. I'm going to get it right twice here if we can, John. Uh, you and your spouse, you pastored together from 1995 to 2018, and Frederick from 2001 to 2018, in which that time you served as president of the Evangelical Ministerial Fellowship representing over 60 local churches and ministries. You partnered in so many ways with so many ministries, but in March of 2018, you started Cross Bridges, which unifies the community to meet the greatest needs to restore the good that God intends. There are a lot of initiatives there that we encourage you to go to and to look at at crossbridges.com. But a lot of those initiatives are things like a church prayer canopy uh, of 35 different churches working together, Frederick County goes purple community-wide response to the opioids crisis and purple certified training for businesses. Uh, And the bridge, which connects business, community, and church volunteers with crisis family needs identified by local nonprofits in real time. And of course, you continue to identify strategic initiatives. So, men, I'll start with you, John. God has been doing new things in Frederick, building upon um, what many would call a rich legacy of faithfulness in his church. We all realize that Whenever we come into a scenario, there are those who have been before us. And so certainly there's those that have uh, been before you or even this moment in time that you're building on. Could you just give us a little bit of history? And for those people who may not be familiar, because we go all over the Washington metro area about Frederick, Maryland, the history and what's happening right now. Yes, uh, Brian, it's so good to see you today. Gabriel, it's good to see you guys. Uh, the, um, the history of of Frederick working together actually goes all the way back to the beginning. 100 German settlers came into Frederick together and uh, some of them were, were reformed and some of them were Lutheran and they built a building that housed the school and both churches from the mm. beginning uh, right there in Frederick. The name of Frederick is clustered spires, right? I mean, the byline of Frederick is clustered spires and uh, actually shows up in a, uh, in a famous uh, poem that, uh, that was, quoted by uh, Winston Churchill to our president when he came over to visit. It's a, it's a fascinating uh, background. So, so I came into Frederick in 2001, uh, but we already had relationships. Uh, my, my dad, who was a pastor in other churches, my dad back in the 80s worked uh, to, do, uh, to, 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 to be involved in unity activity in Montgomery County back in the 80s in a significant way with with large churches with different streams including Messianic Jewish and African American groups and so it was kind of in my blood but when I got up to Frederick there's a whole bunch of those guys that were already there and that had been doing that work in Frederick right praying together uh, looking to do uh, like an event or two a year because you can only do so many together events a year if you do too many you know i I always say unity is like a drug uh if uh you kind of can get drunk on it and then you do too much of it and then everybody burns out on it you gotta you gotta be careful uh to uh to just do those things that are right to do and recognize that there's uh like a body the hands got to swing free from the leg uh in key places and so so sure enough there there are people that were praying together for for a decade or more, actually two decades before I ever came to town. And mm-hmm. so uh, I was brought in on some of those prayer meetings when I got here in uh, churches doing regular 
uh, things together, but we pulled together like 10 to 15 churches to do like a, uh, a downtown uh, outreach. And, and invariably, we'd have five to 700 people come through, but it was preaching to the choir. Like again and again, it was just our people there not really breaking out. So we just said, OK, God, you told us to ask for wisdom. Uh, and so give us wisdom. So sure enough, uh, somebody came along about maybe five years later. It was, it was in, uh, about 2008, 2009 with the uh, recommendation that we do the uh, the convoy of hope and that kicked us into a 60 church sixty thousand uh, dollar event that we did every year for seven eight years that uh, that uh, like hundreds of people giving their lives to Christ every year uh, eighteen thousand bags of groceries given away every year five thousand people of poor of the poor and working poor of Frederick coming through hundreds of thousands of medical vouchers given out and and brand new shoes and people getting literally they, they would get their hair done yeah. and pictures taken. So anyways, it was big events and that opened up um, just kind of the next level of working together in Frederick, but it was all built on these long relationships of people just praying together uh, in, in, uh, in faithful week in and week out kind of ways. And so Gabriel, that sort of brings me to you. I mean, you have an organization that's called Move Towards Unity. And again, I encourage you, you can go look that up at movetowardsunity.com. And, and Jonathan has an organization, crossbridges.com. And instead of being in competition, you and Jonathan sort of partnered up, which in and of itself, lots of times is rare to see that sort of unity. I mean, in fact, some people could look at that partnership and look at a lot of the overlap. And I use that term very loosely. Uh, but overlap in, in mission. Can you talk about the drive behind what you two decided, hey, we are better together in working in some things than doing our own things, right? Because, you know, John just mentioned sometimes arm and leg do some things differently, but there are places to come together. Talk about that for people who are wondering about the scope of your mission, what sustains it, and why they're working together that way. Oh, I appreciate that, Brian. Uh, Jonathan, nice to see you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm reminded right off the bat just of Ephesians chapter 4, which I think is, is an undergirding passage. But the Apostle Paul starts with saying, therefore, as a prisoner united with the Lord, beg you, implore you to lead a life worthy of the manner to which you were called. Mm-hmm. Always to be humble, gentle, and patient, bearing with one another in love, and making every effort to preserve the unity of the spirit gives through the binding of his peace. And so I feel that I'm a, more of a newcomer uh, to the Frederick area in the last five years. I believe that our mission in Move Towards Unity um, seeks to strengthen uh, areas. Um, there are other areas in the Western and Northern Maryland where relationships are being built. But it was a work of the spirit that brought Jonathan and I together. Um, it, and those, as he mentioned, and you mentioned before, Brian, the, the prayer canopy over the city, the folks involved in that were just relationally connected, just as we just read. It was strategic. The Holy Spirit brought us together mm-hmm. on mission. And I feel like there's, there's no competition in the spirit. There's a there is unity, there is oneness, echad uh, in the Hebrew for oneness that exists 
in what Jesus prayed as you started the program. And so for Jonathan and I, it just seemed a natural extension to take those those uh, callings in our life and find out how together we can display something more glorious, not only in Frederick, but as God continues to open doors even beyond the city to the county and, and, and beyond. So a lot of, yeah, from time to time over the last you know, couple hundred episodes here, when we talk about unity on good news for the city, there's a theme or thing that we bring up that one of the schemes of the enemy, we recognize later on Ephesians chapter six, right? He has schemes. We need the whole armor of God is to, to get us off focus to who the enemy is. And it's really interesting in the body of Christ that one of the things that we could fall to is we look at another church or we look at another parachurch or we look at another organization that's doing something for the kingdom that overlaps ours. And we just let a little bit of something creep in that eventually turns into competition, which eventually then turns into this idea that without him realizing it, they've become the enemy. But the enemy's the enemy. He's the enemy. He's behind all that. And so I love the story that you're sharing here to people of staying focused on what Jesus said focus on. He doesn't look at us through our particular lenses, even though he recognizes our local bodies of church. He recognizes Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn. He recognizes the churches in Frederick. He recognizes those but he doesn't look at them in a way that is in competition. It's like, these are all my, all my daughters, all my sons living out. And so when we look and understand sort of the unity ministry in Frederick, there are three pillars. And one of you guys can go first. So you can kind of just decide whichever works for you, Jonathan or Gabriel. I just kind of want to walk through them. And maybe you can tag team if that works better, the why and why they're important. So I think you've already hit sort of this idea of unity for the recommend, the understanding of what God is doing in his testimony. Are there other reasons behind unity? So can I jump in and, and, and start on the relationships? We actually yeah. uh, listed those for you, dealing with the unity vision first, and then relationships, mm-hmm. the mission. And Gabriel and I got to chatting the other day about this. And, and the reality is that <clears throat> the relationships feels to me like it comes first, precisely because if if you, Brian, are truly connected to Christ, then, you know, like even, even before uh, we uh, were on the show here today, we started chatting together and I'm just hearing your story and I'm, I'm, I'm hearing Christ in your, in your description. I'm, I'm, I'm sensing, you know, like what he's done in you, you know, and, and in your marriage and in, in, in the, the, the various places where you've been, right? As soon as I sense that, right, I sense Christ. I sense the Christ in you that's already in me, mm. right? And, and that's the point is that we don't make unity. That was forged by Christ on the cross, right? The dividing wall of hostility was brought down, not because you and I are so good, but because he is in you and he's in me and I see it. And I'm just like, huh, there's something there. And so sure enough, um, you know, Gabriel was actually going to a church that was started by a guy that was good friends with my dad back in the 80s uh, and who now lives in, uh, in Israel planting churches. Uh, and Gabriel actually spent time at another church where um, my brother uh, has been, you know, through the years. And so there's again, there's all these connections. But then I get to meet Gabriel and his wife and my wife and, and our hearts touch. And all of a sudden we're like, huh. There's reason for us to trust one another. And so it feels to me like the vision for unity comes out of this thing that that Christ has already done, that we just kind of like, wow, there's something there that we didn't do, but mm-hmm. God did already. 
Right. Yeah, Gabriel, oh, Gabriel, move into like kind of how that applies to vision, like we were chatting the other day. Yeah, I, I, well said. I, I think it's that there's layers. Um, we know that unity is supernatural. Um, if we're trying to, as and Brian, you alluded to this, if we try to to bring something about, unity does is not uniformity. We know that unity does not necessarily mean proximity, because you can be married in a relationship and feel like roommates. There's got to be an intimate expression. There's got to be encounter with the Lord. And so it's like layers. It's almost like, yeah, the relationships come first, but which relationship? Jesus summarized all of the kingdom and in all of the work of the law and the prophets by saying, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. This sums it all up. And so the what's incumbent upon us is to manifest that reality and that oneness that exists. And so um, I find that in, in many ways, as I was saying, like a layer, there's there's this whole um, picture that there is an alignment with the Lord. As the scriptures we were just reading, the oneness comes from our, our oneness with him. As Paul says, I, a prisoner, united with the Lord. That has to be first. We, we can't assume any kind of oneness outside of the spirit. This is supernatural. And I think that's where we get in a lot of trouble is we're we're realizing there's a vertical expression in unity and there's a horizontal expression in unity. If the horizontal, if the vertical isn't aligned, then the horizontal can't fully happen. And so that has to be before us all. And, and with Jonathan, it really is just God bringing a, a group of us together who are hungry and have been hungry to see that oneness that we real, the, the need around us. Jonathan serves the community in great ways, practically. Uh, all of our ministry and prayer undergirds that work. We pray together. We trust one another. We build relationship through prayer. We get to see each other's hearts. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks, Jesus says. And so we've gotten to know one another in the biblical sense of knowing, and we trust the one who lives in us. It makes it all possible. We can't assume that. We, we can't assume that. We have to contend for that. And I believe that's what we're seeing in Frederick is a contending for that faith that has been handed down and the willingness to prefer one another, not prefer our own uh, uh, ministries, prefer our own um, distinctives, but prefer yeah. the kingdom. Yeah, you know, and, I, and, and so then moving into the mission aspect of that, um, the reality is that <laughs> anybody that's been in church for any period of time uh, is deeply aware of how broken we are. I like to say it this way. We never deserved the glory of God. We don't today. We won't tomorrow, right? But God has chosen nonetheless to rest his glory on us, right? And so the, when the world looks at us and sees that that we're less than glorious, uh, and yet they see that that there's still like this, this influence, this, this power, this strength that's coming out of us, there's a reason why it's so intimidating to them because we don't deserve it. And they know it. And they're like, you know, why is that? Well, the reality is that when you go to work together, that's where you're going to let each other down, you know, where we're going to fail, where, where uh, the flesh that is still in us will, will rise, raise its head. And in that space, uh, we have to, uh, we, we have to be willing to prefer one another right? To let somebody else's strengths be the strengths that come forth. And 
I guess this is this is the 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 picture that is so cool to me, right? Whether it's in my church or whether it's in somebody else's church or somebody that just hopped from one church to another and they've got a they've got a story about why they had to, felt like they had to do that. Uh, it's still the case that God loves those churches. He delights in all of those churches and and he is washing us white with the water of his word. We are glorious to him. And so if that's the case, then then I got to personally do a lot better at seeing how God is using that person, right? And then preferring them instead of being critical about how maybe I could do it better than they could do it. The reality is, is that we, we just need to recognize God's the one that's doing it. And the way that that is most powerful is when we prefer one another in those spaces. I think you've done just a wonderful job in highlighting the reality of that we still live this side of eternity in a broken, fallen world. When I happen to talk to people who think about getting into whatever ministry is, ministry is wherever God calls you, but say it happens to be working in a parachurch or a church, I tell them, hey, one of the first things you have to get used to is that that sin that you studied about in college, in theory, is still there in the church. And we're all in the process of, we love the Holy Spirit to making us more like Jesus, but that's going to show up sometimes. And it's going to create some struggles. It's going to create some challenges, but allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and bring the unity and conform us takes it past that moment. And that's what I hear you gentlemen saying very much so about that. And, and so, you know, that's a challenge. The fact that we're all not fully sanctified this side of eternity, more, you know, not fully like Jesus, like we need to be. But in our last few moments that we have, and this time always goes so much faster than I wish it did. Could you just maybe share a story, one of you, about the transformation that would encourage listeners like this isn't just something that they're talking about. This is something that they've stepped into and they've watched God bless. Well, I can I can start, but I know Jonathan can add because his specific work in the community has um, has more tenure than mine. But one of the things now in the EMF, the Evangelical Ministry Fellowship, which is um, for the event, evangelical church is a grouping of, of our pastors and leaders in the community uh, that come together, meet monthly. So many of those pray uh, weekly on Zoom calls. Um, what One of the things that we do in the EMF is we house or we sponsor the National Day of Prayer. And one of the things the Spirit of God has led us to is to identify in our, in our region those main spheres of influence, cultural influence, and um, whether it's government, uh, whether it's church, family, et cetera. And we're actually setting a, a prayer altar in place in each of those areas, whether it be at the Department of, of Education, et cetera, to begin to pray into. So those are new things that are starting to bring the community in prayer as the undergirding of, of future unity. John, something yeah, in the last when, minute. We, when we did that at the National Day of Prayer this last year, we had people from each of those areas pray. It was It was so amazing. Like all of us came away like, wow. We are in this together, even though that person that is not from my church who works in the school system, right? Like, wow, they are right on the uh, front lines and that person in business and that person in the medical field, right? Wow, that that's my brother and sister. And so uh, so that that is one aspect. You know, there's a number of other stories that, that we could share if we had more time, but it's so uh, amazing. Like I said, it's like a drug when when we begin to see it. Uh, we almost don't want to do anything else. And so we have to, you know, manage our uh, excitement in those places. So there's a lot of excitement. 
Well, I'm sure our listeners have been excited as they've listened to the story of God moving amongst people willing to submit to him and follow him and watch him do through unity the design to show himself to be God, to show Jesus to be real. And if you'd like to know more stories or find out more about these ministries, you can do it in several ways. You can get a hold of Gabriel uh, at movetowardsunity at gmail.com or you can go to movetowardunity.com. You can get a hold of Jonathan at crossedbridges.com. That's crossed, E-D bridges.com or you can email him at john at crossbridges.com if you'd like to get a hold of someone wava let them know about this show or other things you'd like to hear about as we walk towards the truth of jesus christ you can send an email to comment at wava.com or you can send me an email if you'd like to uh, send me an email uh, you can re- reach me at bbales at cfcwired.org that's christian fellowship church wired.org or call the office where i'm at lots of times at 703-729-39 Hundred listeners, please join me in praying for the church and communities of Frederick, Maryland, but not just for Frederick, Maryland, for the entire Washington metro region, that there will be a flourishing and a change and that the numbers finding and following Jesus Christ are going to increase. And can we also, as we close, just give God thanks and glory for, for sustaining this opportunity that we have to tell the good news of the gospel through this show called Good News for the City for the last five years allowing us to magnify Jesus Christ and tell us stories of how it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of good news for the city, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.